This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Father God, we submit ourselves, therefore, once again, to the move of your spirit. We pray, Father God, as we have been given counsel of the needed word for the hour. We thank you. Our world is in a critical condition. Nations are against nations. Ethnic groups against ethnic groups. My God, subcultures against subcultures. Even the subcultures of the so-called Christian world. They're saying there's a relativity to the word of God. But we want the inerrant, authoritative word of God. We need that word. Send that word. That's the breathing word. We don't want a dead word. We don't want a faulty word. We want the living, breathing, eternal word that comes from the mouth of God. We bless your name. Send it, Lord. The word that you approve. Oh, send it, Lord. As only you can. We depend on your spirit, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' matchless name. Hallelujah. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Thank God for his spirit, his presence. I thank God for you and you and you. Thank you. Amen. For being obedient to the call of the Lord where he said in the word that we ought not to neglect the assembling of ourselves together. He's coming soon. Amen. God is showing us yet again in the lawful works of grace series that we have work to do. And it's not a strummed up work that we do egoistically not something that we could boast about egotistically. It's not something that we could aim and act as if God doesn't exist and we did it on our own egomaniacally. <laughs> My God. But we come in the auspices of his spirit and we want to move accordingly. And we are in a book that will help us do that. The book of Acts. That book is still being written today. The Holy Ghost is working on you. He's working on me. He wants us to do and be what God has ordered and ordained. Amen. So let's look to see what the Holy Ghost has to say in this main scripture. There are others that we will go through to help us with the thought the Holy Ghost has to reveal to us today. Grab hold of it. Amen. Don't let it pass by. Don't let it drop to the ground. Grab hold of it with dear life. Amen. We're in the last days and people don't care much about you or me. They want what's in it for them and later for you. But we don't want to live that kind of life. We are yet being the light of God in a perverse world that's egoistic. My God, and we, we want to share the love of Jesus. We want to share the love of Jesus. Why does the world hate the Lord so much? Why do they make laws against uttering his name? My God, we know that it's a work of the nemesis of heaven, Satan himself. He wants the glory. He tried to steal it, and he was, you know, kicked out. He has the Nike print on his butt still, and he's hurting back there. 
but that's too bad. He's mad about that, and he wants all of us to join in in his anger. Oh, no, don't, don't have fellowship with his anger. We want to go the way of God. I don't want to be separated eternally from God. A big gulf shall be the separation, my God. And you won't be able to get water to cool your tongue, as the man said, as God revealed a little piece of what could happen. My God, we don't want to be that rich man that went against Lazarus, and Lazarus was the saved one, but he didn't have much. Rich man had a whole lot, but he lost his soul. We don't want to be that. Amen. I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. I don't want to gain all kind of knowledge and lose my soul. I don't want to have, you know, a, a full bucket list and have an empty spirit. My God, no. Come on, let's go to Acts chapter 2, verses 37 and 38. I'm reading in the New Language Translation to your hearing where it says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said unto him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit takes center stage today in this message. He wants us to realize and be reminded, remediated if needed, that he provides supernatural help for us all if we want to be obedient unto God and live the new, uh, powerful, grace-driven Christian life. We can and should receive the Holy Spirit in his fullness. He's not a trinket. He's not just here to make you dance for a minute and then go live in all kind of other kind of ways after the dancing is over. He said, I want a fullness. Don't make me a badge of um, ill repute in your little church clubhouse where you could show off that you could speak in tongues fluently. And Jesus said that a lot of times he's not in that tongue. It could be a tongue from hell. The devil knows how to speak in tongues, which is why the Holy Ghost is to be honored in certain words in the Bible. God delineates of what type of tongue. He said you ought to speak with tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. Amen. There are utterances that can come from hell. The devil knows how to mimic. In nature, we see mimicry. God lets animals mimic. There's a, uh, an insect that looks like a bee, but is not. And he likes that powerfulness of the bee, so he's like, I'm going to act like a bee. Maybe I'll gain some respect out here, you know. <laughs> the devil likes mimicking, too. He wants us to have a pseudo-faith, a pseudo-walk, which is why some folk, even though God in their sobriety, he comes time and time again in, in, in visions and dreams, he comes in prophetic word, he comes in lessons and teachings and preachings, even in nature. God will let you, amen, see something in nature that will remind you that you are not your own. 
that you need to trust in God. But people will go on their merry way and say, I am the captain of my soul, and I will do as whatever I see fit, what's right in my own eyes. But you got to meet the maker one day, and, and, and if he's really your Lord, you're going to find out sometimes too late. For you don't want the so-called Lord that you're calling Lord to say, I, I, I don't know you. And the sheepfold that he has is for the faithful, those who he has been enabled to reward. And he doesn't go against free will. You have to, amen, accept the Lord to live. And if you reject him, you are now putting yourself in harm's way where there's only eternal damnation. So there's going to be a demarcation, a separation. And Jesus can say, enter thou into the joy of the Lord, thou good and faithful servant, well done to some folk. But others, unfortunately, he will have to say, depart from me, I know you not. Doers of iniquity. You could be thinking you're doing what's right, but it could be leading to destruction. What's right in your own eyes, that's a dangerous spot to be in. It has to be from the eyes of God. It has to be from the mouth of God, from the very heart and soul and mind of God. God made us like him, and we have an inner working, and whatever's in us is going to come out. The Holy Ghost wants to come in and fix some things. We have to let the Holy Ghost completely work on us. Amen. His ministry should not be slighted. It should not be denied, nor his fire extinguished. In other words, he should not be quenched, as the King James Version puts it in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. He does not come to us to be quenched, but he does come that he might be allowed to quench our thirst for eternal purpose. All of us were born with that. God put it in us, and we're looking for love. But a lot of times we listen to our fallen flesh, and we look in the wrong places. We don't want to quench the fire of the one that came to help us. This message uses scriptures that reveal the conditions necessary in our very lives for us to experience the heavenly promise of God. And let's talk a little bit about this. Let God be your exclusive thirst quencher. Let God be your exclusive thirst quencher. We are born with a hunger and a thirst, and sometimes we feed it incorrectly. We're going to look at two main parts today, not very long, but the first part of this message from God says that we need to admit and submit, and that will help us to open up to the Holy Spirit. And the next part, the latter part of this message deals with that we need to commit we are required by God to offer our bodies for his service. So let's look at the first part of this message that deals with the need to admit and submit. And this will enable us to open up to the Holy Spirit. You know, the initial scripture that we read for this message takes us back in flashback 
to Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. As we can see, the Spirit of God caused the listeners to respond with an inquiry about what they should do next. And that's how it is when the Holy Ghost comes. You are prompted by him that he will now guide your steps. The steps of a righteous man are going to be what ordered by the Lord. He comes to direct your feet. He's a lamp unto your feet, your every step. The lamp is held close. People who used to hold those kerosene lamps. Mother, you know a little bit about that? They had to light that kerosene lamp. And you have it. It's a personal light. It's like a flashlight for the new day. But they had the lamp. They would hold it and they'd be able to go out if your body called you out at night. Because when you got to go, you got to go. Amen. <laughs> and you go find a little house, a little hut. They dug a deep hole to carry all of our iniquities. And you place your iniquities down in that, yeah, in that outhouse way out there. Yes, out there. They don't want that outhouse in the house. That had to be outside of the house for the stench of sin and all the decrepitness of sin. We, 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 we let it go. Amen? Think of sin as that. When you think of sin, think of that. So when you get the inclination from hell to go chase it after your sin, after you done flushed it, you come back to your sober right mind. Amen? Hallelujah, anyhow. <laughs> but the Lord wants to be a lamp, what, unto your feet. That kerosene lamp lets you see air. Am I going to step on a snake? What's going on around here? Oh, that's not the, the narrow path. That's the, ooh, what's that? Ooh. I'm going on the narrow way. And the, 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 the word is not just a lamp unto your feet, your every step. But it's going to be a light unto your path. I like when they have them highways with the lights. You can see down the road. And the Bible's like that. You can see down the road. A light unto your path. God will light up the path ahead of time. Sometimes when it's dark out there and the, and the highway don't have the right lights, I put my high beams on. I can see farther down. I say, ooh, I would have went over the ravine. Oh, Lord, let me drive right. Get up, fly right. <laughs> yes, sir. The, the, the Word of God's going to do that. It's going to help you not crash. You got to see ahead. Your eyes should never go off the road. They told me when I was learning how to drive, they said eyes off the road means car off the road. Keep your eyes stationed on the highway of God. Ah, you, you take your eyes off. You're going to get distracted and go somewhere else. The devil's always dangling little dainties from hell. Ah, he likes doing that. And to, and, to, and to lead us to disaster. But the problem with that, it feels good. But the end result is an eternal disaster, right? The Holy Ghost told Peter what to say. And the, and, and the word pricked the hearts of the listeners in such a deep, profound way. They begin to say, show us what to do next. What shall we do? That means where am I going to go from here? They wanted to enter into the open door of new life. What do you got to do? First, you got to realize this. Uh, the first promise after 
given responsibility by God and it's laid out before you, is that you got to receive power from heaven that will enable you to do these things. So you need to receive in your life the Holy Spirit. They needed to first repent, though, because Jesus don't bless a mess. You confess and get all your stuff out, walk the dark path with your kerosene lamp to the outhouse, let all that stuff out, and he'll make you what? Clean inside. Yes, he will relieve you of all the weights of sin, the decrepitness, the stench of sin. Relieve yourself. Folks like coming to the house of God all constipated from hell and, and think we pose to just let them get all kind of uh, accolades and, and get all of their titles and everything, you know. No, uh, the Holy Ghost is watching. He said, you the watchman on the wall. He said, they, they, they didn't go to the outhouse yet. No, not yet. No, they, they haven't relieved themselves. They still holding on to that and they won't let go of their hellish faith. But you got to let go of that hellish faith and receive the holy faith. That's why God has these adjectives in the Bible. Holy faith. Build each other up in the, in the most what? Holy faith. You could have carnal folk coming in here. They're still clutching on to the outhouse stuff, and they want to aim and have, be, have the ability to teach Sunday school, teach and work in the ministry, work with the little kids, and, and, and the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. So they're going to just mess up your church. They're going to mess up your home. Your kids grow up to be sanctified, saved in the mind, sober in the spirit. But here come these little devilings. They're going to come and try to mess up the kid's life. Wolf that are out there trying to uh, get your son. Wolf man trying to get your daughter. My God, sometimes Wolf Fetter could try to get your daughter too. That's another message. And Wolfman try to get your son. That's another message. My God, they want to corroborate uh, against uh, what the Word of God said. And, and, and they want, amen, inordinate things to become the order of the day. But the Holy Ghost has come, my God, that we might have life and life more abundantly. But we got to get rid of the old decrepit stuff first. Clean up. God said, I'll make you clean inside. You don't want to get a dirty glass out of the uh, dishwasher and you open the door of the dishwasher and you smell that foul smell, smell like sourness. Oh, y'all didn't run the dishwater yet through the dishwasher? You going to get one of them glasses and don't wash it and just go to drinking? No. That's what sin will have you do. Uh, never mind the sin. We don't have to repent anymore. This is a new day. We don't have to have those vocabulary words in our church. So they take the hymn book, cut out everything that's, you know, against their word of God. They got a different word of God. It's not the authoritative word of God. It's a different word of God. But we want the unadulterated word of God to do what he came to do. Because when he cleans you up, then the real good words got to go in there and fill you up. And the Holy Ghost reveals the truth of the word. He's the prophet of the word. He's going to reveal every jot and tittle from A to Z, from Alpha to Omega. He's going to show you the way back to God, enable you to work for God not for yourself or for the auspices of hell, God will now give you a new lease on life, a new order of how to think and move and breathe and have your being. Thank God 
So yes, you got to repent. You got to get rid of some stuff. You got to change your ways. Then you will receive of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because unconfessed sin hinders revival. It hinders you from being regenerated. Some folk, as they said in the old church, would be tarrying for the Holy Ghost. And some of them were tarrying for 10 years. But when I had got there, it took me two different nights of revival night. Thank God. And separate weeks. But the Holy Ghost came in because I was ready to let go of that stuff. I said, Lord, I've been to the outhouse and I'm ready. Cleaned up, Lord. Fill me with your goodness till I want no more. Hallelujah. Thank God. I remember my mama said, uh, they let my son come up here from college and beat them getting the Holy Ghost. My God. But I came ready, hallelujah. I was like Jonah out of the whale. I said, I'm ready, hallelujah. Some folks don't really want the Holy Ghost, but I'm a little ahead of myself. Thank God. You got to confess your sin. That hinders you from being filled. In other words, from being fulfilled by the Holy Ghost. The people in Peter's, they also had to realize this, that they needed to be baptized which shows us how public Christian fellowship in local assembly ministries conditions us for the anointing of God. And anointing is when the Holy Ghost comes in your life to work it out, amen, and to give you power to do the things that God commissioned for you to do. That's what the anointing is for. Having certain abilities naturally, so that's not anointing. People like to equate that with anointing. That's not anointing. God's approval upon your life and power to do this and that is anointing. Amen. So as God would have it, we are to be confirmed and encouraged by other devoted disciples who are abiding in Christ. Today's church, unfortunately, has a lot of folk not abiding in Christ, and they want to come and wreak havoc in the house. But let's look at what Luke 11 has to say. Luke 11, 9 through 13 in the NLT reading to your hearing, it says, And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. This scripture is talking about diligent seekers. What happens when you diligently seek the Lord? He's going to reward you. Amen. And it's not about gold at the end of the rainbow, no. It's about anointing approval of God to advance his kingdom. You need the power of the Holy Ghost to do that. He rewards you with the power of the Holy Ghost. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, now he's changing venue to talk to the fathers and give an example. You fathers, if, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Thank God. Here's another point we need to make. The heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit if we ask. In John 7 verses 39, uh, 37 through 39 in NLT. On the last day, the climax of the festival, uh, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. 
Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And there's a parenthetical thought in the scripture. It says, when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit, the Holy Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not entered into his glory. See, Jesus had to depart the scene of earth, physically so, and then leave the mighty presence of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't just leave us high and dry. He leaves, amen, part of the Godhead. And the Holy Ghost was that part, amen. He is yet God. God is still with us. Uh, Ezekiel saw the vision, he, and it was Shama, Jehovah Shama. God is what? There. God's going to make sure he's there because he's a righteous judge. He's always going to have a witness of himself so that we have no excuse. We can always find him if we really seek after him. Not kind of seek after little goodies and trinkets around the people of God and act like you are in there. That's not what we are supposed to be doing. And then we want to give these folks titles and make them bishops and such. My God, we have now grown uh, uh, run amok. My God, God said that we are not to lay hands suddenly on no man. We're supposed to wait and see. Hold on. I don't know if they went to the outhouse yet. Let's see. Some people haven't gone yet. My God, some need to go back in the outhouse because they weren't finished yet. That's another message. Hallelujah. Anyhow, I want y'all to know the outhouse thing is not written in here. The Holy Ghost just gave me that for right now. He gives me this stuff. I just have to go with it. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyhow, that, that, that imagery is not tight. He gave me stuff ahead of time. He always adds more in the event of the meeting, though. He said, I'll give you the rest when you speak. I said, okay, I'm trusting you. I've been trusting him for years and years now. I used to write 20-page sermons. He said, you ain't leave no room for me. He said, I didn't give you all of that for, for you to write all of that. Here go the skeleton. I'm going to give you the rest. I'm talking to you about what's going to happen, but uh, you need the skeleton, and then I'll give you the rest of the meat and the bones and everything when you get to the meeting. Amen. So I've learned to trust God. He said, we talk, go ahead, talk, talk about what we talked about. I said, I got that little, thank God. <laughs> I said, Lord, teach me how to preach. If anybody should teach me how to preach, it's you. And he taught me. But I'm looking at this scripture, and Jesus is yelling out, telling them from where the water should come from. And we had a prophet here in, our, in the midst of our uh, you know, trials of trying to be revived. And thank God for my friend, Pastor Darren. Uh, the Holy Ghost talked to him, and he said to us in remedial uh, declaration that, yes, you need the sense and sensibility of heaven, and you should be able to smell water. You should be able to know where the Holy Ghost is, in other words. And Jesus is telling them, come and drink. I'm about to be out of here. Y'all better come and drink. You're going to wish you had went to 712, 7-11 now. They, they should have said 712. Would have been more complete. That's another message. But Jesus was trying to tell them about the living water. Who? I didn't say what. Who is the living water? The Holy Spirit. That's the living water, y'all. Jesus was referring to the Holy Spirit. This is a prophetic teaching he was doing, uh, like an object lesson. He's showing them water, pouring out the water. This is the Holy Ghost for real. I know it's water, but the Holy Ghost is what I'm talking about. So he's teaching the believers 
to receive the Holy Spirit for service in God's kingdom. The Holy Spirit is the armor also that we need to succeed. Amen. But there's a big old but. Somebody say, but. Yep. Number four here, point I got to make. We have to be thirsty. Jesus could pour all day. You know what they say, you could lead a, a horse to the water, but you can't make him a drink. Uh, not everybody today is not really thirsty for God. They're thirsty for riches, which is why people now change and make theologies to help folk get rich. But we sound like a bunch of fortune tellers. We're supposed to be prophets, but we have become fortune tellers. We, we're supposed to be preachers and teachers of God's word, but we have become fortune tellers. And we may as well put the, uh, the, uh, the crystal ball up in there and go rubbing on that. Because nobody want to bend their knee to the Lord anymore. Which is why the Lord gave me, we opened the service with an old camp meeting. Kind of seeking for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Those who can get on their knees, do so. Amen. We have pillars for that. And we go seeking after the Holy Ghost, singing to him, romancing the Holy Ghost, amen, until uh, we invoke a mighty presence. Because God is always here, but we want a what? A mighty presence, amen. We want him to do. We want him to uh, know that we honor him and that we're going to, amen, submit to what he's saying and what he intends to do. We want to submit, Lord. We're not going to fight till you rise to your rest and be blessed with our praise as we worship you. Hallelujah. That's what we want. We're thirsty, Lord. See, God does, does not force his blessings on us. I said, open your mouth and drink. He don't do that, does he? Free will. And we have to diligently seek him. Keep doing it. God knows who's diligent instead of opposed to those who are just coming excited for a little bit, a minute. Didn't our hearts burn them for seconds? And then after that, nothing. Let's go binging on whatever else. But I, I'm learning by the Holy Ghost. I need to start binging on the presence of God, binging on the word of God, eat, feasting at the buffet, amen, of Jesus. He said, I prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies, but you have neglected it. Go and eat. Stop eating everything the devil is offering, and you need to close your mouth to that and open your mouth up to the Lord. Amen. Uh, you won't go wrong with what I'm cooking. The devil's going to hide ingredients in there that's going to kill you. But I'm letting you know right up front, this is what's in there. Look, make a sober decision and say yes to the Lord. Hallelujah. But a lot of times we forego that, and we would rather trust the devil and his hidden falsities. He has hidden falsities, and he whispers sweet nothings to uh, help us feel good. And it sounds good. It feels good. It looks good. It smells good. Very inviting. It's like that fish lure, and, and, and we wiggle the little fake thing in the water, sometimes real bait, and the fish come, but inside of there is a hook, and when they bite it, the hook sticks into their mouth and their gills and everything, and they get pulled out. The devil wants to pull us away from the presence of God. Pull us away from the holy fellowship with the saints of God. Pull us away from prayer. Pull us away from songs, hymns, and spiritual songs and making melody in our heart to God. He has a lot of kiss FMs out there so that we could be, amen, pulled away and go other places and build and scaffold idols against the will of God and have stronghold cities built up in your mind and in your psyche to keep you occupied, binging all the way to hell. 
My God, are you thirsty for God? Hallelujah. We're supposed to be satisfied only by God. And I think God reminded me, he said, you could put the story right here. Yeah, because we were young. My mom used to say, don't eat yet. Don't eat that snack over there. Don't touch that. You're going to ruin your what? Appetite. Come on, mother, help me preach. You're going to what? Ruin your appetite. Everybody got their own little likes. And just because you adults grow up liking something doesn't mean the kid going to have that same kind of chemical DNA makeup. Uh, you slopping mayo all over a half-cooked hot dog, that doesn't mean your kid going to like that, amen? It might make them throw up. It may be like Lisa, she said, you're going to have to burn that hot dog on all sides before I even think about biting that, amen? Thank God. <laughs> But God wants us hungry and thirsty, and he has the DNA and the spirit to help us to hunger and thirst after righteousness. But we always deny him if we listen to the flesh, which is separated from God, but we're so used to it because that's how we were born. But God comes and shakes us up. The ground that hasn't been shaken and loosened up, that's fallow ground. God needs to break that up so that the former rain could come in and moisten the soil and he could bend and move the soil, harrow it and get it ready to receive the word of God. But we're so hard sometimes. We want to stay the way we are. We're comfortable the way we are. I could binge on into glory, but it's not glory. The devil calls it glory, but it's inglorious. It's hell. My God, I'm going to make you famous, but God said, no, he's going to make you infamous. Hallelujah. Anyhow, we got to go the way of God. Are we making the best use of what we already have from God? My God, that's what God is asking. If we are satisfied by other things, why should God give us more on top of the things that do not equate the needs of his kingdom? We've been snacking on the wrong stuff, and we have ruined our spiritual appetite. My God. And it's pride that does it. The pride of the flesh. It can cause an erroneous quench. Uh, of our true thirst. So we get hungry from God, but the devil will try to fulfill that with the wrong stuff, the wrong food, the wrong drink. It's like junk food or today's harmful uh, genetically modified uh, food that uh, is not real food. It's something concocted by the science of men. They try to mimic God's holy nature, and they have their own plants. This kind of plant, bugs don't like it. Bugs go away from it. But I tell you, uh, if a dumb bug don't want it, I don't think I want it. A dumb bug got more sense than us. Mold don't, doesn't even want some of this food. Bacteria doesn't want it. And if we look in our body, the lowest form, bacteria has to help us with our digestion. Thank God. And bacteria doesn't even want it. They put so much stuff on this food, it's like formaldehyde. It's like uh, you are being preserved in a chamber and your dead body can be around for years and years to come. A man hid, uh, well, he lost two of his uh, hamburgers from McDonald's. It was in his jacket that he didn't wear almost a year. And he put the jacket on. He said, oh, snap, McDonald's, two little hamburgers still in here. And they looked the same as when he first bought them a year ago. 
That's horrible. And people are eating that stuff. The fry still looks pristine and new. My God. And we eat that stuff. There are stories of some restaurants starting to make plastic rice. It looks like real rice, but it's not real. And we eat that stuff. We wonder why we're not getting the right nutrients. And we need all kind of medications because we're eating the wrong stuff, even physically. Imagine spiritually now when churches and subcultures in the church change the word of God so that it becomes a new word of God. Here's a new revelation. And people are spiritually sick. Eating the wrong stuff, drinking the wrong stuff. My God, what are you thirsty for? Let's go to point number five. Thirst is one of the strongest desires of our being. And our spiritual thirst is the same thing. It should only be satisfied by Jesus. That's what it was intended to do. But we go trying to substitute and get our thirst quenched by something else. But Jesus said that he must be the one that comes to satisfy us. He is the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit to give us what we need on the inside so that we're satisfied according to the creation of God. Point number six, when we come correctly to Jesus, seeking diligently to drink, we really want to drink. Guess what? He's going to ignore us and go, <laughs> you didn't want me yesterday, so forget it. Nope, I'm going to see if you really want me. He doesn't do that. He fills our cups. How? A little bit? A drop? A little medicine dropper? Bloop, that's all you get for now. I'm going to keep you thirsty. What does he do right away? He fills to what? Overflowing. Yehovah Yireh, the God of more than enough, the God that sees to it, my what? Provider. Thank God. So being passive with God and saying, well, if God wants to do it, uh, let him do it, you know. That's not the level of thirst that God will reward with the filling of the Holy Spirit. He wants us filled badly. But do we really want it as bad as he wants to give it? You know, the fruit of our true intentions can either hinder us or help us. There has to be an active receiving if we really want to drink. Because God is all the time, spillage in the village, spillage in the village. Nobody want to drink it, though. Point number seven, and we go to the end. Uh, we must realize and never forget that our bodies are destined by God to be the temples of the Holy Spirit. What are our bodies supposed to be? The temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes. This scripture I'm about to read is proof. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. You must honor God with your body. That's one of the lawful works of grace. That's one of the rules of God, one of the commands of Christ in the New Testament. You want, must honor God with your body. There's over a thousand commands in the New Testament that Jesus wants us to, amen, submit to. 
and we're looking and scoffing at the ten, you know, and uh, there's uh, about 600 others in the Old Testament, which are not required because they were Levitical and for that time period. But God did not erase the ten, the moral code, the, 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 the Decalogue, the, uh, the ten, hallelujah, commandments. That's our moral code. He's not going to get rid of the code. That's our spiritual DNA. God made that for us to live right with him and with each other. Amen? You think he wants us to covet everything everybody else got? My God. Covet not thy neighbor's wife, nor his ox, nor his donkey. Amen? Stop lying. Amen? People like to lie on you. Amen? Concoct lies. Tell lies. Live for a lie. I'm going backwards. What's the number eight? I did 10 and 9 going backwards. Number eight, you're not supposed to be what? Stealing? Amen. And what's seven? You're not supposed to commit adultery? No. What's number six? You're not supposed to be killing and murdering folk? Amen. What's number five? You're supposed to honor your mother and your, and your father? Amen. What's number four? Amen. You got to do what? Honor the day of the Lord. Amen. What's three? You better stop uh, uh, calling the Lord's name in vain, right? Amen. Number two, you don't bow before other gods. And number one, you better prioritize and know that God is the one and only true God. Amen. All the ten, that's a moral code. We got to live by that. But Jesus said in the New Testament, now I'm going to give you, I'm going to up the ante because the devil done up the ante too. But where sin abounds, what? Grace abounds much more. He said, I got over a thousand some odd commands to help you make it in. And here's one of the main ones. Honor God with your body. How come we got so-called saved folk making ungodly films, causing us to meditate and feel filthy after the credits are going up, and it discredits our spirit against God. I don't want to, I'm tired of feeling filthy after a movie, after a film. I got all this film on me after the film. Then I got to go get cleansed. We need films that help us to feel honorable, that help us to feel clean, help us to want to go and do the will of God. Amen. We want entertainment. It is just there. We'd like a vegetable. We just take whatever. Somebody concocted. My God, it didn't have a prayer meeting and, and, and hear from the Lord. How should we write this script, Lord? <laughs> uh, but they got folks doing all manner of things on the film. They start out, my God, in church. And then they, 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 they change a little bit, start messing with the praise words. And instead of hallelujah, it's now hallelujah. They start changing stuff. My God, I'm talking about the digression. Oh, we done pitched our tent towards a lot. Now, oh, we want to get a lot of dollars. Oh, never mind a chitlin circuit. You was nice for a minute. You helped me get to where I got to go. Now I have enough umph. Now I can, oh, I could just go with the big boys now. Stomp with the big dogs and, and, and let folk do whatever on the screen. Whatever uh, I think is right in their eyes, because that's what democracy is. Uh, the loudest mouth get what they want. Oh, here y'all go. Y'all like this? Here it is. And we just go hook, line, and stinker. Yes, we do. My God. 
But we must realize and never, never forget that our bodies are destined by God to be temples of the Holy Spirit. If you do that, you're going to less and less mess up, and God's going to, amen, sober you up, dry you up from the taste of that, and take the taste of that out of your mouth until now you honor your body for the Holy Ghost. He's going to do it, but we got to let him do it, amen? He's going to give you specific things to do for you because everybody's different. Let's go on and take this on home. The second part is about committing. After hearing all of that, you need to be ready to commit. Yes, commit means we are required by God to maintain our bodies as offerings for his service. God gets us ready and transforms us, does all this stuff, and he said, here's, here's some New Testament commandments. While Moses, his book seemed heavy, Jesus said, I got a bigger book. <laughs> a thousand commitments. But the Holy Ghost is going to help you get through that. Amen? Moses just left them, okay, y'all do this. But Jesus is saying, the Holy Ghost is going to help y'all do all this. And I'm going to write all of them things on your heart. But you got to meditate day and night. But we're binging day and night, Ooh, we're getting hypnotized. Day and night, Franz Mesmer, he invented uh, hypnosis, and we get the phrase, I've been mesmerized. We're letting ungodly media mesmerize us. Day and night from the rising of the sun. People could watch it in their car. They could watch it on their phone. Oh, hold on. I'm, I, I can't take this call. Oh, a good scene happening on the phone. My God, my God. I got it in the earphones. Uh, morning, noon, and night. I'm going to meditate. And all of that time, you're being formed, conditioned to the ways of hell a lot of times. But God is saying now, for you to commit, check this out, Romans 6, 13, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Last time I checked, mother, I didn't want to live in the outhouse. Amen. But that's what sin will make you do, comfortable living in the outhouse. You're going to eat there, bathe there, have your date there, everything there, up in the, up in the outhouse. But sin will act like it's the best place in the whole wide world. See, but God is saying in the scripture in Romans 6, instead, give yourselves completely to God. Completely. Not just your little church self. Completely. Yes, your sexy self. Completely. Your cupboard uh, abiding self. Completely. God care about how you eat. Yes, he does. Complete. Leah, does he care about who I date? Yes, completely. Did we act like God can't go some places? No, you can't go in there, God. God said, I, I, I go to the strip club too, but I'm trying to save souls. I invented, I created that. I don't need her tail. I, well, I need that for. But God will convict your rump right in the, in the, in the tail house. A preacher, it happened to him. I read his testimony. He was supposed to go there. He's so powerful. Nothing can move me from God. He started saying too much I, I, I. He was depending on himself. He didn't even realize the devil had moved him over to self-lane, the selfish lane. And now he can go there and do whatever. Before long, he was in there making it rain up in the tailhouse. First, he was passing out tracks, but no, now he up in there. 
And then the devil said, look what I did to you. And then the devil woke him up. He said, oh, snap, how did I? Far from the peaceful shore. Oh, my God. He felt so depressed. He almost wanted to take himself out. He was going out to the near phone booth, and uh, a, a preacher came out of there. I saw him. The Holy Ghost used him to talk to the man and, and, and got him to repent. Amen. Go to God's outhouse, get rid of all that stuff, and get back on the trail to God. Hallelujah, God. Save them, sanctify, fill him with the Holy Ghost. Instead of, amen, him trying to do it himself, he said, I'm going to depend on the Holy Ghost from now on. And the Holy Ghost will tell you what not to do. God will say, no, don't you step foot near there. Amen. And in Romans, this is what it's saying. Instead, give yourself completely over to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. Certain things you got to do when you have the new life, the thousand some odd commandments, the Holy Ghost is going to help you do it. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for what? The glory of God. Amen. But there's one member of your body that needs very special attention, your tongue. Mm-hmm. Your mouthpiece. James 3.8. But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. You know how it is when folks throw you under the bus. They're using that tongue. Lying, using that tongue. Whistling the women that don't belong to them, using that tongue. Hey, baby, we can, oh, I can make it all right all night. No, using that tongue, huh? But Scripture reveals how when people are blessed by the anointing of being filled by the Holy Ghost, he comes in to take claim of the tongue, which helps to consecrate the rest of the body. The mouth begins to praise God, prophesy of the goodness of God, pray, speak with holy tongues, etc., as the Holy Spirit begins to consecrate the life of that soul for service in God's kingdom. So when you come to Jesus and drink, the final outcome will be a holy overflow. And you will begin to speak as the Spirit of God gives utterance. It's not just in tongues, but also with holy rhetoric that God produces which is first evident from a holy life. It's life, then your lip. Amen? Jesus told the faithless Pharisees this, and we're about to go home. Oh, generation of vipers, he called them. And these were supposedly godly people. He said, you generation of vipers. God, Jesus didn't hold his tongue, did he? <laughs> How can ye, being evil, speak good things? So they thought they were all that. We're speaking pontifications of God's glory. He said, you full of evil. How are you going to speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart, you speak. So as the Lord revealed in this scripture, out of our inner being will flow an abundance of the contents therein. Stuff we've been binging on, Right? Hopefully, it will be living water, and we know who he is. It's the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Whatever is in you, guess what? It's going to come right out of you. Ask the outhouse. Oh, well, that's another message. What's being recorded on the CD and DVD of your soul? Because it's going to be played in glory. Uh, exhibit A, plug them up, Peter. I got that. <laughs> 
Wait, I didn't know that was in me. Oh, you was thinking all that. Oh, my goodness. The angel was like, ooh, oh. Covering up the eye. They still could fly because they got another pair for that. They could cover up the eye with one of the pairs. But the contents of your consumption will yield either a consecrated or a compromised output. What is it going to be? You know, I had to engulf this buffet before y'all, and it was a hard meal. Jesus said, no, I'm not done. Here go the next course. I said, Lord, I, I can barely get through the first course. Jesus, help me. Save me, Lord. Save me from myself. Hallelujah. I thought I was consecrated. Consecrate me, thou great Jehovah, with the power of love divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer. Hallelujah. We need an exclusive thirst. We want what's good and acceptable and perfect. It should be the will of God. That's what God's will is, good, acceptable, and perfect. But we want good, acceptable, and perfect outside of God. That's the wrong place. That's where demons are waiting to offer their evil alternatives. The enemy perverts the Lord's exhortation for us to be doers of the holy word and not hearers only. My God, here's how it works. Uh, remember Lot, Abraham's nephew? He surrounded himself for all the binging that he wanted to do with the sights and sounds that took him away from the holy ways. Oh, I want to be able to do this. Oh, I just want to be able to do that. Oh, God, we're just line upon line, the Bible, the Bible, line upon line. I'm tired of all that. The devil will make you tired of it. And sell you a new taste. Sell you a new thirst. So eventually... We will be prompted and pulled into being doers of an unholy word. And all the messages and philosophies and ideas, and, uh, pop culture trends and other such vice visions. And, and not be hearers but, and, and lookers only. The devil will give you his word. Don't be just hearers and, and lookers only. Come on and dive on in. The devil's question to you. See, he'll give you a question. The Lord prompts a question out of you. That's what a good teacher does. Elicits a question out of you. Let you know what's in you and helps the good come out of you. That's what I have to do on a daily as a teacher. And the devil will give you a question, though. Here's the devil's question to pull us over the carnal cliff. He's going to say, why say no when it feels so good to say yes? That's him. An evil-influenced soul will be irresistibly directed right over the cliff. However, God makes his spirit available, right, to willing souls. Souls who want to diligently seek after and pursue him for power to live this holy thing. I need power to live holy, Lord. Show me how to do it. Give me the strength, the oomph to do it, Lord. He already knows that our flesh, our mortal human body is powerless against the innate incarcerating burden of sin. He wants to save us from those chains. If the Lord has been working on you, here's a model prayer. And you can kind of repeat it in your heart and mind as I say it. Here's a pattern prayer that can be used daily to bless your soul. It goes like this. Lord Jesus, I am thirsty 
for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I present my body to you as a temple and my members as instruments of your righteousness, especially my tongue, the member I cannot tame. Fill me, I pray, for I want your Holy Spirit to flow through my lips and my life in rivers of overflowing, powerful praise and worship to you, Jesus, as my real Lord. Bless me with the anointed flame of this holy, diligent pursuit. I pray in the almighty name of Jesus. Amen. I pray that you prayed that prayer. Oh, hallelujah, God. Search me, Lord. Shine a light from heaven on my soul. Hey, hallelujah. If you find anything that shouldn't, take it out and strengthen me. I want to be right. I want to be saved. I want to be whole. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.